the Buddha often ended his Dhamma talks uh, with a phrase, over there are the roots of trees, over there empty dwellings. Practice jhana, monks, don't be heedless, don't later fall into regret. This is our message to you. Over there are the roots of trees, over there are empty dwellings. Practice jhana, monks, don't be heedless, don't later fall into regret. This is our message to you. It's always one of the phrases that I found most inspiring and most instructive and in the Buddha's way. He really kind of sim he really summarized what he taught. Uh, for a while, when I first started to read the suttas, when they first started to really become available and there were translations available, I would see this passage and I was like, what's he talking about? Over there are the roots of trees. Over there are empty dwellings. You know, this must have some, you know, abstract allusion to not-self or something like that. And then, of course, I realized uh, what he was talking about, uh, and probably uh, Tanisara Bhikkhu told me, but uh, I realized what he's talking about there, these are places to meditate. Go to the root of a tree, you know, he would say this many times, and practice meditation. Go to an empty dwelling and practice meditation. Go find a quiet place, a place where you'll be undistracted, you know, maybe nowadays he would say, you know, turn off the smartphone, you know, you know, turn off the computer, close the lid to the laptop, practice jhana, don't be heedless. Jhana, of course, is the Buddha's, uh, the Buddha's concentration. So find a quiet place to meditate, practice jhana, develop concentration, develop your practice of heedfulness, don't later fall into regret. This is our message to you. Practice jhana, monks, nuns, laymen, laywomen. So, you know, when he's talking about, you know, over there are the roots of trees, over there are empty dwellings, uh, I, I think for, for most of us what that means uh, is, or one of the ways that we can think about what that means is practice meditation, have a daily practice. Practice meditation, have a daily practice. Don't later fall into regret. This is our message to you. Take time every day to meditate. Develop your practice. Develop a daily practice. You know, I've been doing this practice for decades and decades and decades and uh, teaching for many, many years and, uh, you know, you know, the message is, again, very simple over the years, you know, and what I've come to realize over the years is the most important thing is the daily sitting practice, you know. You know, in terms of what the Buddha teaches, that's the most important part of the practice. I mean, you know, all of it is important, but without a daily sitting practice, it's really hard to carry forth uh, the teachings of the Buddha, you know. And the degree to which we develop our daily sitting practice and make it consistent and get on the cushion, the proverbial cushion every day in practice is the degree to which we'll know uh, the fruits that the path offers. So uh, that just becomes clearer and clearer to, me, clearer to me. You know, we would say that at the beginning, the daily sitting is the most important thing, you know, and I'm, I'm going to stick with it, you know, 30 some odd years later, you know, it's the most important thing. Having a daily practice is crucial. You know, we have to put the time into the sitting. We put the time into the sitting. 
so there's that effort that we make on a daily basis, and then there's this quality of determination, you know, uh, which, which of course is so important, the parami of determination, you know, putting thing, putting in the effort over a period of time, putting in the effort over a period of time. Uh, we have to do this from day to day, from month to month, from year to year. Uh, you know, I mean, I always kind of make these allusions to the statues of the Buddha. I mean, when you look at a statue of the Buddha, what's he doing? You know, he's meditating. You know, he's meditating. You know, the Buddha spent a lot of time meditating even after he became fully enlightened. He spent a lot of time on the cushion meditating. You, know, you often hear in the, in the teachings, you know, the Buddha's daily abiding, his daily sitting. So we put this time in, you know, we make this effort, and we put it into sitting on a daily basis uh, as the foundation for our practice, our founda the foundation for our practice. You know, I, I realize, you know, this may not be, you know, the teaching that we always want to hear. <laughs> The teaching that we always want to hear, uh, you know, and sometimes we come to a class and we want to hear, uh, you know, some abstract teaching or, you know, we want to hear about enlightenment and so on and so forth, or at the very least, metta, you know, uh, but my duty is to, is to pass on the Buddha's message, you know, and my, my job is to try to help people and, you know, probably the best way that I can help you is to, is to teach you how to practice meditation and then encourage you to do that. I think of the, uh, the, the, the great Tibetan story about the Tibetan master and his disciple who, uh, uh, you, know, you know, the disciple worked for his, with, you know, under the tutelage of his master for many years. And uh, uh, finally, you know, the master said, all right, it's time for you to, you know, it's time for us to part ways and, uh, you know, time for you to go out and, and on your own now. Uh, you know, meet me at this location, and we'll have our we'll have our final meeting. So they, you know, they met somewhere in the you know in the Himalayas. You know, you think of a, a snowy, you know, pasture or whatever. You know, and it was very emotional, of course. And you know, the teacher, the the master, gave his final teaching to his disciple. You know, and you know, they had their moment of great uh, great connection. And uh, you know, the the disciple walked you know, into the forest, and the teacher went the other way, and the disciples paused, and he turned around, and he said, Master, one more teaching, one more teaching. You know, and it's said that, uh, you know, the, the master, you know, pulled up his robes and showed the disciple the calluses on his butt, and then walked into the forest, and that was the last he saw of him, you know. You know kind of a, perhaps an elegant way of saying, sit. Practice. Develop those calluses on your butt. So over there are the roots of trees. Over there are empty wet dwellings. Practice jhana monks. Uh, we develop the Buddha's concentration through the practice of mindfulness of breathing. You know, this is another one. You know, people are like, why do we? Why do we use the breath? Why do we? Why do we practice with the breath? People ask me this all the time. Why the breath? Why the breath? New people ask me. People have been meditating for twenty years. Uh, 
know, there's many, many, many reasons. I mean, I often say, you know, if it was good enough for the Buddha, it was good enough for me, you know. But the Buddha found that this was the, the most direct path to enlightenment, was developing mindfulness of breathing. You know, that was his primary practice. You know, when you see him in those statues, he's practicing mindfulness of breathing. You know, the breath, and it's really, of course, mindfulness of the body, right? You know, the practice begins with mindfulness of the body, the breath being part of the body and the way into the body. So we practice mindfulness of breathing following what the Buddha did so that we can develop mindfulness of the body so that we can be present, so that we can make our way to the present moment. So we often say in a very simple way of describing the practice, out of the head, into the body, into the present moment. You know, this is how we get into the present moment, by coming into the body. We use the breath as the way into the body and into the present moment. It's not such an easy thing to do, right? You know, and it's one of the reasons why meditation is so difficult for us, is that uh, and it's not an easy practice. You know, I don't mean to be to be glib when I say meditate every day and practice every day and develop a daily sitting practice. It's it's very hard. You know, it's a it's a di very difficult practice. It's a very difficult practice. You know, uh, that's why the Buddha had very specific skills that he taught. You know, I mean, I was only able to develop that ability to stay with the body and to really develop a good daily meditation practice to a certain extent until I really, you know, learned more about what the Buddha taught and the skills that he taught and sought out teachers who were able to, to give me those teachings. Uh, you know, it's not so easy to make our way to the present moment into the body to be mindful of the breath and to develop a daily sitting practice. Uh, that's why the Buddha taught the skills that he taught, uh, the steps of breath meditation, anapanasate, mindfulness of in and out breathing, which were the most detailed set of instructions that he gave. This was the most detailed set of instructions he gave, all the different kinds of teachings he gave. This was the, was the most detailed. Uh, and, of course, we follow these instructions so that we can develop the qualities of jhana, the qualities of jhana, uh, which include the ability to put the mind on the breath and keep it there, but also the quality of ease in the body, so what we cultivated and worked with in this short sitting today, the quality of pleasure, the quality of equanimity. So these are the qualities of jhana. Over there are the roots of trees, over there are empty dwellings. Practice jhana develop these qualities. You know, the, the development of ease and pleasure is essential, the Buddha found, to being able to maintain ourselves in the present moment. These qualities of ease and pleasure that we develop in the body are what enable us to stay in the present and in the present moment and in the body. So the more that we develop these qualities, the more we're able to stay in the present moment, the more the meditation becomes a pleasant abiding uh, and the more we're able to develop this daily sitting practice, you know, and, you know, I mean, for me, the, the daily sitting practice was I did it. Uh, I didn't really like doing it. I had to learn to bring joy and compassion and loving kindness, you know, through intention, the way we talked about in the sitting tonight to, to it. And then I need to learn to cultivate these jhana qualities so that I had a pleasant abiding in the meditation, so the meditation in being in the body and in the present what moment was, was, was a place that I wanted to be. You know, and, until I really developed that ability, 
to develop those qualities, it was really hard for me to develop a really strong daily sitting practice. Uh, but the more, you know, so it kind of makes sense, you know, it's like you have to, you, you, you have to learn to develop the skills so that you can develop the qualities that are necessary to maintain yourself in the present moment. Otherwise, who wants to be present if it's miserable? You know, it's like we'd rather look at the phone or watch the TV or, or engage in some kind of fantasy. So, uh, you know, so we develop these, these qualities of jhana, of, of ease and well-being, so that we can stay present, so that we can stay in the body, uh, uh, and then we just practice staying in the body and staying in the body and staying in the body. Uh, but, you know, staying in the body and staying in the present moment, of course, is not the goal of the practice. You know, it's not the goal of the practice. The goal of the practice is to, is to stay in the heart and to be in the heart. But the heart is in the body. And the way through to the heart is through the body. That's the way to the heart is through the body. So if, we're, if we can stay in the body, we can come to the heart. The more we can be in the body, the more we can be in the heart. So if we draw you know, the equation out, you know, the more we sit, the more we can be in the heart if we sit in a skillful way and follow those instructions and develop jhana. So we practice breath meditation and mindfulness of breathing so that we can come closer to the heart, so that we can be closer to the heart. This is why we practice every day. You know, this is why we practice every day, so that we can stay close to the heart. You know, it's so easy to lose track of the heart, right? It's so easy. I mean, first we have to learn to be, you know, we have to learn to begin to start to connect to the heart, and that's through the body. But it's so easy to, to, to lose track of the heart. Uh, uh, you know, there's so much that can distract us, right? So much sense experience, you know, so many devices and so many things on television and things that are streaming and all the different affairs of the world. You know, I, I was thinking about this, you know, and thinking about uh, this talk, but also just in general, you know, sort of like during the pandemic, you know, there's been a lot less distraction in many ways. I mean, there's been a lot of painful stuff, right? But, you know, you know, after the first number of months, I've meditated a lot more. I really cut down on, uh, you know, television and all that kind of stuff, you know, and, uh, you know, there was just a lot less distraction, and I feel like I feel like you know, I've been so much closer to my heart, you know, over the last year, so much closer to the heart. You know, and a lot of times I think we talked about this a little bit last week. A lot of times these periods of difficulty bring us closer to the heart because we turn to uh, what can lead us through difficulty, which ultimately is the heart uh, and the good hearts of others that help us and support us. Uh, but I, you know. Uh, you know, I've just kind of noticed that I've seen that over the last year that, you know, uh, there's just been so much less to distract me and I feel like I've been just so much closer to the heart. Uh, so easy to lose track of the heart, you know, between uh, all the sense experiences and all the experiences of life that we have and relationships and, you know, our jobs and everything else. Uh, 
all the different emotions that arise and all the different stories and all the thinking take us further and further away from the heart. So we have to practice and practice and practice and practice so that we can be close to the heart. So, you know, this is something that you really need to think about, you know, like when you're sitting, you know, it's like, why, why am I sitting? You know, why am I sitting? What, why, why am I going to, well, he says I need to sit every day. He says I need to find an abandoned building or the foot of a tree. Why? So you can be closer to the heart. Now that may seem like a nebulous idea if you haven't, you know, been able to touch into that, which, you know, I think all of us have to some extent, but the more you start to touch into it, the more effort that you actually make to practice. I mean, that's when practice really becomes, uh, you know, uh, single-minded, and we put more effort into the practice, the Buddha said, when we begin to know the heart, and we begin to know that the way to the heart is through the practice, and then we put the effort into it, you know, but it's something, you know, you have to eventually, you know, I mean, it's, it, you know, if you want to be like, you know, uh, you know, a stress reducer, you know, or somebody who just wants to meditate for a little bit of calmness here and there, you know, you can fast forward to, you know, the next part of the, the, the class. Uh, but, you know, if you really want to develop a daily sitting practice, you know, that's really strong, uh, you need to know why you're doing what you're doing. Why am I taking this time to sit down for a half hour a day? A half hour a day. I mean, a half hour a day is a pretty good practice. It's pretty good practice. If everybody practices a half hour a day, you know, every day, you know, you'll, you'll get closer and closer and closer to the heart. You know, and I've always said this. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm digressing a bit here, perhaps. But, you know, it's like I, I've worked with a lot of students over the last 25 years, you know, and a lot of people, and I'm looking at some of them right now who had kids or have kids, you know, have, who have kids, and I, I've seen I've seen some of you, your kids grow up, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and, and jobs, and big, you know, and important, you know, important careers or whatever, you know, it's like, I haven't met anybody yet who can't meditate, who can't find a half hour a day, you know, to meditate. You know, there's just, everybody can find a half hour you know, to meditate. Uh, you know, we find a lot of time to do a lot of other stuff. So, uh, you know, that's not really the question. A lot of it has to do with uh, what we're doing in the meditation, you know, and are, are, are we cultivating states that make the, the, the present moment amenable, but are we clear about what our intention is? You know, we're doing this so that we can be closer to the heart. We're practicing so that we can be closer to the heart. You know, when I sit down to meditate, and it's like, all right, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to sit an hour today. I'm going to sit 45 minutes. It's like, I'm doing this so that I can be closer to the heart. I want to be closer to the heart today. I want to stay close to the heart. This is why I'm sitting. This is why I'm sitting. Ajahn Lee, you know, the style that we practice specifically comes from Ajahn Lee, the great Thai master, the great, 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 great Thai master from the 20th century. Uh, was considered one of the great concentration masters. Uh, and he said, you know, we establish the breath and the body in the sitting, 
we seek to maintain it. And, you know, if concentration is strong, he also said you have to develop strong concentration that you're able to maintain during the course of the day. We maintain the concentration and we put it to the good and we put it to good use. So we establish the breath, the body, the connection to the heart in our sitting. In our daily life, we practice what we famously call natural meditation, a way of staying with the breath and the body during the course of the day. And then we put that quality of being in the present moment, which again isn't the goal, that puts us in position so that we can achieve the goal, which is to, to live from the heart and be close to the heart. We put that to good use by practicing heedfulness, right? So in order to be able to practice heedfulness, you have to be present and you have to have some connection to the heart. Practice jhana monks, don't be heedless, don't later fall into regret. This is our message to you. So in practicing heedfulness, uh, as the Buddha succinctly says, these two things, develop jhana, practice heedfulness, we pay attention to our actions. We pay attention to our actions and we discern which actions we need to take that are gonna be in support of the heart and having that connection to the heart enables us to recognize which actions are in tune, are, are, are going to be actions that are going to be in support of the heart, and we take action that's in support of the heart, that's motivated by the heart, that's informed with the intentions of the heart, compassion and loving-kindness. Compassion and loving-kindness. So it's our meditation practice and the practice of heedfulness that enable us to take action that's in support of the heart. So the more we practice, the closer we are to the heart. The more practice we practice, the closer we come to the heart. It's like what the Thai Ajahn say, you know, when as concentration develops, awareness converges at the heart. Most of our awareness is, is you can't probably see it in my little square, you know. It, most of your awareness is beyond your square, in your rectangle. You know, it's beyond your rectangle. You know, most of it, I mean, it is most of the time, right? It's on the phone, it's on what's out there, what's at, you know, this, ba ba ba, or it's in the thinking, those effluents that are out, 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 out. So as we develop the practice, awareness comes in, comes into the body, and as concentration gets stronger, as the Tayajan say, it converges right here converges, this is the vicissitudes of the rectangle, you know, it converges right here at the heart. So, you know, the more we practice, the more we sit, the more we're connected to the heart. And we're able to take action informed by the heart. And the more we take action informed by the heart, the more we know happiness of heart. This is how we know happiness of heart, by taking action informed by the heart. This is true happiness. This is the greatest happiness that there is. And we have to come to see that for ourselves. The more we start to take action informed by the heart, the more we know what happiness of the heart is, we know this is the greatest happiness that there is. I want to be heedful. I want to pay attention to my actions. I want to discern which actions are in alignment with the heart. And you know what that motivates? I'm going to get on the cushion. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to meditate because I want to be able to be heedful and take action that's informed by the heart because I want to know in this life the greatest happiness that's available to me. 
So we can know this happiness if we practice, if we put the time in. You know, if we put the time in. You know, that's why the Buddha said, the effort that you make to practice the Dharma, that you put into the cushion, is the greatest expression of your goodness. Just that effort and determination that you show, show year after year, because that effort that you put into your meditation is what's going to enable you to take action that's informed by compassion for yourself and for others, by loving kindness, metta for yourself and for others. So if we practice, we can know this happiness. At times it may seem like nothing is happening. You know, it's hard because, you know, it may seem like I didn't feel one breath today. Nothing much happened, you know? you know. So we start to realize over time that a lot more is happening than we think may be happening. If we keep putting in the effort, there's no question that we'll move closer to the heart. So this is our message to you. It's, I'm not going to give the teaching that the Tibetan master gave, uh, but I will reiterate what the Buddha said. You know, practice jhana monks. Over there are the roots of trees. Over there are empty buildings. Practice jhana. Don't be heedless. Don't later fall into regret. This is our message to you. <laughs>